Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today's the Day Changemakers podcast. I am Jody Grunwald. This week, my guest is Tara Palafon, mom to a five-month-old daughter and founder of the Beacon Society, a personal growth company whose mission is to cultivate a society of women who are no longer afraid to shine their light. This episode really shines a light on the importance of connecting with who you truly are. Up until the age of 32 years old, Tara says she was on autopilot, and now after doing a lot of inner child work, she feels like she just flows. She did not have the easiest of childhoods and feels that she disassociated from many of the memories that were made. However, being in school always made her feel connected, so she decided to become a teacher and teach special ed math in high school. Although she loves working with the kids, she now has a passion to teach people in a different way. She is currently being led to work with moms and is still gaining clarity around exactly what that will look like. However, she knows that through human design and inner child work, she can help women find themselves and unapologetically show up in their life with more joy, confidence, fulfillment, passion, and success. We talk about some of the challenges Tara had with conceiving her daughter and how that experience allowed her to go through understanding her own personal triggers. We also discuss the demands of motherhood and the importance around the word surrender. In order to provide the nourishment of love and attention to those who we are ultimately responsible for, we must do the same for ourselves. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Today's the Day Changemakers YouTube channel, stream this podcast on all streaming sites, comment, like, and share, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Today is the Day Live It. The views expressed by all Today's the Day Changemakers podcast guests are their own. Their appearance on the Today's the Day Changemakers podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity that they represent. Have a great week, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today's the Day Changemakers podcast. I am Jody Grinwald, and as I say every week, I get to interview the most incredible humans who are doing incredible things in this world. Some of them are actually working on themselves so that they can help others. And I am so excited to have Tara. Tara, say your last name for me. Polyphron? Polyphron, yes. Polyphron. I knew I was going to get that wrong no matter how many times I would have asked you for it. So Polyphron um, with me today. I'm so happy to have you, Tara. Thanks for being a part of this. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for asking me to be part of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know we're going to just have such a great and energetic conversation, but before we do, I do this every podcast. I love to read people's bios of where they started and we'll have a conversation after that. Sound good? Sounds great. Awesome. Tara is the founder of the Beacon Society, a personal growth company whose mission is to cultivate a society of women who are no longer afraid to shine their light. After being in a public teaching career that no longer fulfilled her, Tara drove into an entrepreneurial journey in 2017, which is when her personal development journey began. Tara has been involved in network marketing since 2018, but was divinely guided to step into her true power and purpose and create her own company in 2020. At the beginning of 2020, Tara was completely burnt out and frustrated. She was doing all the things she was being told to do to grow her network marketing business and live life differently, but she was not seeing results. In addition, she and her husband were trying to conceive, and she was feeling frustrated and disappointed with that. This frustration, burnout, and disappointment served her in the most beautiful ways, though, as it guided her to go deeper within herself and truly discover who she is. As Tara began to not just do the work, but embody it and show up as herself, life began to change in the most magical ways for her. 
People began telling her she was glowing and she realized she was a lighthouse. It was through that message the Beacon Society was created. The inner work that Tara did, as well as the conscious efforts to embody the work, has led Tara to a soul-aligned business and to motherhood. Her baby girl entered Earthside in November 2020. Tara's intuition into, I'm sorry, initiation into motherhood has brought upon its blessings as well as its challenges. And ultimately, it is guiding Tara more and more towards where her soul really wants to be. Tara serves and guides women through her unique personal discovery journeys. She teaches them to not only celebrate the peaks, but to embrace and lean in into the valleys. For she believes that it is through darkness that the light shines. Tara is currently being led to work with moms and doesn't have full clarity around what that will look like yet. She intends on continuing to allow God to lead her and will share details as the future continues. So Tara, wow, how did it feel to hear that after I read it? It actually feels surreal sometimes. I mean, sometimes I look back at my life and, and my journey and I'm just like in awe of how like literally every single thing from childhood till now has led me to like right now. And um, I feel like a lot of joy when I speak of that and um, honestly, a lot of peace because for most of my life, up until about 32 years old, um, I felt like I was on like autopilot, like constantly like trying to figure, figure out life. And now I'm at this place where like, I just, I feel like I just flow. <laughs> it feels really peaceful. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's incredible. And where did you grow up? So I grew up in New Jersey. Um, I was like born in Staten Island, moved here when I was about five years old and I've been here ever since. So, um, yeah. In like the Monmouth County area. Where in Staten Island? Uh, Tottenville. Okay. I only asked that cause I lived there too. So it's just, we oh, okay. have that in common. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I vaguely remember Staten Island, but <laughs> So you were young. I was way, I was way older. I always, I love, always love talking to my New York, my New York folks. It's always, it's, it's always fun, but many started there and definitely wound up in New Jersey or South. So it's just kind of the journey we take. But when you were younger and you were, you know, a, a, what kind of child would you say you were? Were you more quiet or more outgoing? So there's, so, there's so much I, feel like I could say about this topic, but I'm going to share what, what immediately comes up. And I actually feel like my heart activated right now, but my childhood is something that I don't really remember. And I'm actually okay with that because I've, through all this work I've done on myself, um, I've learned that growing up in a very chaotic home life, I disassociated a lot as a coping mechanism. And um, when you disassociate, you, you get out of the present moment, right? And my whole journey up until now has been that. And then once I really went inward and started to do this healing work, I realized like presence is like what my soul actually is here for, like to learn. So my childhood actually gave me everything I needed everything my soul needed in this lifetime to learn. Um, as I did this inner child work, which I spent the last two years doing, 
I actually went back to like my little girl um, through pictures and through talking to my parents and like asking more about myself. And I don't remember a lot of it, to be completely honest, but I was like a very happy, like wanted to be like entertaining people type of girl. Um, I was super nosy. <laughs> I find that maybe I, I don't know if I still am, but my daughter is. <laughs> and um, I loved to dance and just like be around music. So yeah, that's who I was like as a child, just very happy, like in all the pictures I see, like I'm, I'm smiling, I'm laughing, you know, I'm just having fun. <laughs> Well, that's, well, but th that's great that, you know, I, I totally understand about the disassociation. So I, I just, I'll, I'll share that as well as that there were chaos somewhat in my childhood as well. And my sister will remember vivid details about things. And I'll look at her and go, was I there? And she, you were there. I don't remember that. Sometimes I think she's making it up. I'm like, are you making, are you making up that that happened? So I know exactly what you're talking about when there are certain things that you shut off. And I want, that's why I want listeners to understand that they could be in that space. Like, why don't I remember? And they don't understand why they don't remember. And it is because, and there's a name for it. And it's, um, it, it is this association, but there's another name and it has the word amnesia next to it. And I can't remember what it's specifically called, but I, when I looked it up, I was like, wow, this has a name because why is it I'm missing big chunks of things that happen in my life? So thank you for bringing that up. I think it's really important yeah. for people to know that that exists and that's why they can't remember. Yeah. And I think it's really a great thing that you just brought up about like your sister vividly remembering. And then you're like, was I even there? Because if you think about a baby, right? Like a baby's born and I just had one five months ago. So like I'm witnessing and trying to view life through like her existence. Right. And they're like, a baby's like pure love, pure joy, right? Like there's no, they don't have any story yet. They live life through experiences, through opportunities, through interactions, like their story will be created. And children are very like self centered And I don't mean that in a bad way, but like self-centered people, like they don't understand the outside world. They just think that the world revolves around them, um, which is so valid. And the way one person, one child perceives a situation versus another can be completely different. And it has nothing to do like with like, I don't know how to describe this, but like I had loving parents. And if I was looking into my childhood now, I probably would see things very differently. But when I was younger and I was, I was the oldest, my sister had like a lot of health issues. So my parents spent a lot of time with her. I was like, through my perception, it was like, they care more about her than me. Or I have to like do something and be someone and be helpful in order to receive attention or love. Um, and I just think that it's, it's something that I feel, I'm not sure again, like, as you mentioned in my bio, like where I'm being called to lead moms yet, but I know that there's something to do with parenting and like helping moms understand that the way your children see things is going to be different than what is actually happening. <laughs> 
um, in your reality, right? And like acknowledging and letting your child know that like, listen, I see you, I hear you. I may not understand you, but like I acknowledge what you're feeling and going through right now. And I think that that's like a huge, I feel like I'm here to do that work. And had I not been in the, situations and experiences I was as a child, I don't know if I would be led this way, you know? So I'm grateful for all of that. And um, yeah, anyways, I could go on and on about that. But. <laughs> no, but it, it's really, it's so important. And I, I understand exactly what you're saying. And it makes perfect sense that um, as mom, I have older kids. And when my kids look back on certain situations compared to the way I saw those situations, they are not at all the same. Plus, like you said, they both see it very different, that same situation very differently if I take them in separate rooms to talk about it, right? If we talk right. about it at separate times. So altogether, then they kind of push each other. Well, maybe, blah, blah, blah. But then when I, I you know, if you have that conversation separately, so that's really true. And one of the things I talk about here also is the, the word judgment. And judgment, you're not born with it, right? Like you said, babies do not come with the story yet. They're no. learning. And they learn that judgment piece through their the things that they experience through life. And it's not just the parents. They go out into the world too. They go to school. They're with aunts, uncles, cousins, all of that. So, but that that judgment piece, I feel like also hinders um, hinders us in life and doesn't allow us to have that vulnerability many times. So it's so important to try Absolutely. to raise your child to understand and not feel judged all the time. And I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to get your take on that. What do you think as a brand new mom, and, and this is a Mother's Day episode because it's leading into um, Mother's Day. And I'm so glad that you could be a part of this. Um, what do you think it would be in your mind with all the work that you're trying to do now? How do we teach parents not to share their judgment with their child so that they can the children can make their own? This is a deep, deep question. Right? Honestly, it starts with us. You can't teach your children something that you are not doing yourself. Mm. And my journey to conceiving um, or our journey to conceiving was one that I look back now and I'm like, all right, it wasn't actually as long as it felt like when we were in it. Um, but we tried to conceive for 18 months. It took us 18 months um, to conceive. And you know, in that time, there was a lot of disappointment and frustration and all of that. But truthfully, looking back now um, and being on the other side of that, having our, our beautiful, healthy, um, happy baby with us, if I hadn't gone through that and really allowed myself to be led to doing that emotional work and like understanding my own personal triggers, I wouldn't be able to be having this conversation with you right now. First off, I think in order for parents um, to teach our children not to live in that judgmental world, right? We need to practice what we preach and we need to go within and release the judgments and figure out why we have those judgments and choose to live differently. We, we essentially need to be the models. Absolutely. And I know that sometimes that's hard. I mean, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, but th sometimes that's a little bit tough to be the models in certain situations 
and kids are sponges. So you'll learn, you'll learn that very soon. As soon as she starts talking, you'll be able to, she'll mimic everything you say. <laughs> it's funny. When I was in school to be a teacher, one of my professors once told me, if you want to know how you are as a teacher, ask one of your kids to like mimic you, like be you. And you'll realize what you say. And I've done that before. And it's very funny on, on some of the things that like students pick up on about you. So yeah, I'm, I can only imagine when she starts talking, what will uh, what she'll say. say. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask, so you, you talked, just mentioned about being a teacher. So what um, pulled you to be a teacher? I've always wanted, like... From when I was a little girl, I always like played school and I don't know. I honestly think that school was like a safe place for me. Um, again, growing up in like a home life that my parents were fighting a lot or uh, maybe my little girl didn't think I was getting attention. Um, at school, it was like my teachers, you know, teachers just love on kids. Um mm -hmm. And I received that there. And uh, so I would go home and I would like set up my dolls and, you know, for Christmas, I would ask for like whiteboards and smelly stickers and all the things that like think you think are so cool uh, when you're a little kid. Um, and yeah, I just followed that. And I honestly, as I'm shifting and uh, moving away from public education, I still feel that in my heart, like I'm still a teacher and like, I, I still want to teach. I just don't want to teach in, in the public education system. Anymore. What, kind, what Were you a teacher of a certain grade? Yeah, I teach uh, special ed math in the high school. Yeah. So I, and it's not the children. I love working with kids. Um, I just don't align with I just don't align with public education. I want to teach kids more than, you know, graphing a line or <laughs> solving an equation. <laughs> I want to teach them like who they are. And um, I can't do that. <laughs> At least not right now. I hope that by the time, you know, Santina's in public school, that, that education is different. But I do think that it goes back to kind of what I said before. I mean, with everything that happened in 2020, and a lot changed in education as we went virtual. And then, um, you know, we saw a lot of mental health issues arise, especially in, in uh, high schools. We were asked to teach like student emotional learning, which is necessary, but how can teachers do that if, there's, if they're not doing that for themselves? And, don't get me wrong, there are teachers that are doing the work and doing inner work and growing, and but there's also teachers that aren't, and you can't expect them to teach children to do something that they are not doing themselves. And um, I think that that's like, that's a message and, and a, a motto that just keeps showing up for me. Like, you can't teach what you're not doing. Um, so yeah, anyways, that's where I'm at with public education. <laughs> Now, I, I understand my, my daughter teaches in a charter school and she says, you know, kindergarten, there's no playtime. How do you have no playtime in kindergarten? Right. So it's very interesting, the world of, of teaching. And, but it is very true about the fact that how do you teach if you haven't done it yourself? Right. And and you, you know what I love about what you have in your in your bio is that you're being led to do work. And you haven't just jumped into the work that you're being led to do. You're still figuring out what that work is. 
but you did create the Beacon Society and you did that beforehand, right? And, it, and then you took like a little bit of a breather um, in between. Tell everybody what the Beacon Society is. Yeah, so the Beacon Society was created, um, I feel like it was, like I didn't even create it. It was like dropped to me, like this is what you're supposed to be doing. Um, so if you don't mind, I'll share a story of how I got into that. So um, in March of 2020, when the world kind of went through or was initiated into this crazy time, right? Um, I know that it brought up a lot of heartache and difficulties and challenges for a lot of people. For me, it was truly a blessing. So March of 2020 comes and what do we do as a teacher? I'm home. Now my school district, we were not ready to like go into virtual teaching. So it was kind of like every single day you just like posted something. Uh, you weren't interacting with children yet, like on Zoom or anything like that. You just posted an assignment and then like, that was it. So like my days were like pretty open. <laughs> um, in fact, on my 2020 vision board in January, I had like this big word, it said time. And I, at the time, I didn't know like what that meant. I just wanted more time and like without really asking. By no means that I wanted to come in in a way that people, you know, lost their lives and whatever, but I received time. But what happens is when you live your life like I was living it and you're constantly going and bypassing emotions and just fixing it with positivity and constantly doing and constantly hustling when you're given time and like couldn't go anywhere all these feelings started to like come up and I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> like, what am I feeling? And truthfully, I was always feeling those things, but I wasn't allowing myself to feel them. So with all this time, I started signing up for like these free workshops on personal development. And like, I was already doing personal development work, but through my network marketing company, but I really started to like go deeper into my thoughts and reprogramming my mind and all this stuff. And as I was part of these workshops and part of these groups, um, I met some really amazing people. Um, and I, I honestly feel like I, the people that I feel closest to are people that I know like online that I never met in person, but like, I don't know. I just feel deep connections with a lot of people that I meet online. So anyways, I met this, um, friend of mine. She lives out in California. She brought up human design to me and I had never heard of it at the time. And I was like, whatever. Like, what do I have to lose? I have nothing else to do. Let me get on a, a 60 minute workshop. And like, if I don't like it, I... the 60 minutes. So at that time, I should say, I was trying to promote in my network marketing business. Um, I actually qualified for a promotion, but then didn't get it. Um, that all, that's a whole other story, but that, what that served me too. Um, looking back, like that was a, divine intervention. Um, and I also was trying to conceive. So when I went on to this workshop, she started talking about how we all manifest differently. And, you know, based on our energy, 
you know, like we're all here for different reasons. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is going to help me succeed in my business. And it's going to help me conceive a baby. Like I immediately contacted her afterwards. I'm like, listen, I don't, I felt like she was going to be like, yeah, our reading's like a thousand dollars. That's how much, like, I was like this, I need this, like, this is so good. And so I, when I reached out to her, I'm like, I'm not sure if I can afford your readings, but how much are they? Like, I, I need one. And it was not even close to a thousand dollars. It was like $200. I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> I, I had a human design reading done and it changed. It changed my life. As cliche as that sounds, it changed my life. I was validated in ways I didn't know I needed validation in. Um, I received confidence that I've never had before. Um, and I just had this deep understanding of who I was. So before knowing about my human design, I was trying to force things to happen, trying to force my business to success, trying to force myself to conceive. And I realized that that's actually totally against my energy. And like, I'm not here to force anything. I'm here to just allow things to come to me and they will when I'm in alignment. So I started experimenting. I'm like, all right, let me just see. It was so uncomfortable because I'm like, this is not, this is not what my system is used to, right? Like I'm used to like going out and making it happen. And that's a belief that I picked up on how, I don't know, like, I don't know if someone told me that or if it's just something that I observed, whatever, it doesn't matter. I had a belief that if you wanted something, you go out and make it happen. And then I realized like, actually, no, Tara, like that's not how you're designed. Um, in fact, 70% of people on this planet are not designed to go out and make it happen, which is like crazy in itself. But I just, um, I just started experimenting with it. And little by little, I started to realize that things were aligning. Now at this time, Beacon Society wasn't even a thing yet. As I started living true to myself and living very um, aligned based on my design, opportunities like started to come to me and people wanted to learn about my human design because I was talking about it because I was so excited about it, not thinking I was ever going to teach it. And then friends were like, you're glowing, you need to do this. And I'm like, you know what, like this lights me up, like teaching people about their human design and teaching them who they are. And listen, there's people are so much more than their human design, but it was a tool for me that really helped me to understand myself on a deeper level. So I prayed, <laughs> I meditated and I'm like, what am I supposed to be doing? Um, and little by little, the plan showed up, you know, create an online business, call it the beacon society, um, teach other women to start glowing and to start shining their light and do it using human design. Um, so yeah, now I'm here and, um, I don't know how I ran my business before. So I started running my business in June of 2020. Um, well, I started running my business in June of 2020, but I didn't officially launch my business until the end of 2020. And then, um, I was still trying to conceive. And then I was working on this huge project for the Beacon Society. Um, it was like a membership. And what I was going to do is I was going to compile everything I learned on my personal growth journey into like a library that women can come and they can like tune in and listen and, and start to do the work I did to, to get to where I was. 
on the same day I launched that membership is the same day I found out I was pregnant. And I was like, oh, all right, this is like happening. Like, and then, you know, everyone's pregnancy journey is different. I lost all my energy and really needed to step away and just really send the energy to my womb and to my baby. And there was healing I had to do during my pregnancy um, that really needed my attention. And I just stepped away. And again, all divine logically, my mind's like, oh my gosh, I need this to work because now I'm going to have a baby and I want to be home with her full time and my business needs to run. And I'm just like, you don't work like that. Like stop trying to force things. You don't have the energy. So I stopped. So throughout my whole pregnancy, I kept receiving this message. Like there's something more than just a baby being birthed through you. So I just trusted that. And, um, you know, I really do believe that like human design was definitely a step I needed to take. But now the next step is like teaching parents how to use human design with their children and um, how that's going to be yet. I, I don't know if it's going to be a course or one-on-one work or anything like that, but um, that's where I'm feeling called to, to be. So there's so much in there. I have to go back to um, because there's just <laughs> stuff that you said that Sorry, just I can go on and on. <laughs> No, I love it. Well, we have that same kind of energy. So can I. So that's the, the, like, that's what's, what's good. And just for those listening and watching, like we, we met through another, another, um, a meetup type of group, uh, elevate your power. Right. Um, Bianca is amazing. And that came into my path by accident. I'm not sure how that came into your path, but that came into my path by accident. And then we met there and then we found each other at you and I found each other on Facebook and I started to watch your journey. You know, like you said, Facebook, even when you don't think people are actually watching and you may not be getting as many likes or comments, they are. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people feel like, oh, my gosh, you know, nobody really is, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to putting myself out there and whoever gets it, gets it. And sometimes people are looking for the likes and all of that. Don't worry about that. People are still watching. And I got to watch that journey a little bit just from what you were posting. And we didn't even really know each other. So it was very interesting. I felt like I knew you. Um, but you didn't have that clue, you know, about, we didn't really know each other, know each other. You probably right. saw my post too. Pam 10 is a leader in IT enterprise solutions and staffing. They are driven to transform their clients' business performances. They do this every day by providing their clients with the best services and products. Products like BizLego, an online community platform, and Colear, a unique learning management system. They also transform the lives of women and children through their associated nonprofits, SheTech, which supports women in and joining the technology field, and Softkin, support organization for kids in need. PAM10, technology for social good. Go to PAM10.com for more information. But you said something before that was interesting to me. You said 70% of the people, and correct me if I'm wrong on this on this uh, statistic, 70 are, I think that they have to be the ones to get up and go do and, right. But that's not necessarily their design. So if it's not their design, can you share with the audience, what would you do if it's not your design? Yeah. So it's not that 70% of people aren't supposed to be like doing work or like taking action. Right. It's just 70% of people they're considered generators. That's like the type of energy. Um, there's a, it's called waiting to respond. And essentially it's like, I always use this analogy, right? Like your desires and what you want 
may show up for you in ways that like make no sense. And like, I feel like a lot of people pray and, and ask for things and it's like an opportunity is presented to you and you say no, but that's like God's way of giving you what you want. And sometimes what you receive is actually something that's like painful or discomforting or, and brings up maybe frustration, but it's like that, that's the doorway into what it is you want. So instead of going out and like making it happen and doing it the way you think it's supposed to happen, um, I always use this analogy when I'm explaining it. Imagine like a rapid, like a river rapid, and your goal is to get from one side of the rapids to the other. Like most people are going to do what? They're going to jump in and swim. (laughs) And they're most likely going to get to the other side and they're going to be cut up because they're bumping into rocks, soaking wet. As a generator, which is again, a human design term, 70% of people are generators in this world. You really, if your goal is to get from one side of the rapid to the other, you're like, okay, I need to get to the other side. How am I going to do that? And then maybe you like walk up the rapid and you're like, oh, I see a rock. Let me jump onto that rock. So now you're on the rock, you're waiting. You're like, all right, what else? Oh, there's another rock. Let me jump onto that. Oh, now there's this rope. Let me grab onto the rope and swing. And now I'm on the other side. And it took longer, but you got there. And it wasn't the way you intended on it, but you got there in a way that you are safe. You're not cut up. You're not soaking wet. Um, So generators are really here to let opportunities fall into their lap. But in order for that to happen, you have to be open. You have to have space. You have to, you really just have to be in your pleasure and be in your joy Um, and things will come to you because as generators, which again is 70% of people, uh, their signature, which means their sign that they're in alignment is satisfaction. If they're in satisfying relationships, if they're in a satisfying career, if they're eating things that are satisfying, working out in satisfying ways, that's all in alignment. The not self theme or like a sign from the universe that like you're not in alignment as a generator is frustration. So the minute you start getting frustrated with something as a generator, it's a sign like this is an alignment for you. But how many people, I mean, at least the way I view the world, so many people are going to work frustrated. They're staying in relationships that are frustrating. And I'm not just talking about love relationships. I'm talking about friendships and all the things. Um, They're doing things that cause them so much frustration and their days and schedules are packed with all this stuff that's just causing more frustration. And if they just released everything that was causing them frustration, the things that are meant for them would actually enter, but it's, it's very hard. And I understand that because it's still hard for me sometimes to like, not want to like, well, it makes sense that it will happen this way, but like it, but it doesn't happen that way. (laughs) And it always will happen in a way that when you look back, it's like, wow, it happened so much better than I could have ever made it happen. So yeah. Anyways, that's, that's it about generators and how we're supposed to live our lives. I feel so much of of what you just said. And I have to say that the word that comes to me when you talk, when you just were speaking about that is a word that came to me. I I did yoga for the first time uh, a week ago, uh, two weeks ago, and it was restorative yoga. And there was one word that came to me and it was surrender and not surrender. Like I give up. It's like, I let go. Yeah. Yeah. 
My and journey so that is all about surrender. I feel like I surrender and then I'm asked to surrender again and again and again and again. And it's hard to surrender. It's so hard to surrender. And I remember when somebody first told me, like, just surrender. I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? Surrender? Like, what do you mean surrender? And it I feel like surrender is not an action, it's a feeling. Exactly. That's and right. when you're yes. at peace and you just have this deep trust don't get me wrong there's resistance um but the the longer you hold on to that resistance the harder it becomes if you just allow yourself like I think of surrendering as like hanging on to this rope right and like there's water underneath you I guess I'm always thinking of ropes and water I don't know but you know like holding on to this rope and you're holding on you won't let go and and you're like struggling but if you just like let go, like how fun would it be to just like fall in the water and just like splash around and like, you know, but absolutely our, our minds like to get in the way of that. So it's true. And when you talk, when I talk about surrender, I feel it in my stomach, like solar plexus, like a lot of people feel it in their heart. You know, it all depends on where you hold all of that. And so, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's really is a, a wonderful uh, program that you're talking about. I think what you're able to do to help women is going to be so important and moms. And I want to get into a little bit of that, your journey as getting to motherhood. You know, you said it was 18 months of, you know, trying, right. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't easy. And I saw your journey online and I, and I, you know, and my heart went out to you as, as you were going through all of it. And, but then I also just saw, what was it yesterday, the day before you posted, when you let everybody know in your family that mm. you were pregnant? Oh my God, I'm sitting, I'm sitting waiting like for somebody to come on a Zoom and I'm crying as I'm oh. seeing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope they don't come on yet. It was, it was incredible. So can you talk to us a little bit about that journey uh, about becoming a mom? Yeah. And then we'll talk about what it's like to be a new mom. Yeah, how much time do we have? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'll make this short into the point. Um, so my husband and I have been married for six amazing years. Um, and when we got married, we always knew that we wanted to wait a little bit to have kids. We wanted to like really just be husband and wife. Um, and at the end of 2019, so at that point we had been married, like we were coming up on like four years. We were like, I, we're ready for like, let's let's do this. And um, I don't know, I feel like you're taught like when you're a kid, right? Like you have a baby right away. So, you know, be careful. And um, so then when it's not happening right away, um, you feel like something's wrong with you. So I knew it could take a few months. So first few months I was like, all right, yeah, it's time's not right, time's not right. And then um, in early 2021, no, I'm sorry. In early 2020, um, it was harder. It was getting harder to like be like, okay, this is okay. I started to have, I started to have fear come up. Like, what's wrong with us? Why can't this happen? Um, beliefs and and narratives coming up of like, you know, you can't have what you want. Um, seeing other women celebrating. Um, I mean, I'm not above admitting that that created jealousy within me, right? Like why, why is she conceiving and not me? And um, all of that serving me, not seeing it at the time, of course. Um, if you wanna talk about divine intervention, um, I had a student of mine who 
somehow we got to talking and um, she mentioned her mom. And um, I, I like was intrigued by what her mom did. Um, she was like, at the time she was like a spiritual coach. I mean, she still is, but she's so much more than that. And anyways, we got to talking and um, I started to work with her. I really felt called to like work with her. Now, I will say that my, throughout my conceiving journey, I never felt um, a desire to seek fertility specialist um, or anything like that. I really wanted to conceive naturally um, and, or my, you know, my husband and I had discussed, like, if we can't get pregnant on our own, like we'll adopt. Um, it just, and to each his own, like whatever feels good for you is like what I believe in. So I just want to make that like very known. It just didn't feel good to me. So at this point, when I had met, um, her name is Nikki, Nicole Amatoro, um, who was seriously a gift sent to me. Um, I was still feeling like so upset with where my journey was. Like at this point, I think it was like six months of trying that felt like eternity to me. Um, and I was like, I want to conceive. And I had a conversation with her and I just felt like the work that I would do with her would help me to conceive. So on this journey, I went and, um, a lot of it was like that inner child work, like going back into my own body, my own childhood, recognizing where I was holding a lot of grief or holding a lot of anger or holding a lot of sadness. Um, and through that, I really started to just connect with source, God, universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I kept asking for signs, like, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right things? Now, that was the beginning of my journey. If I look now, like asking for signs, like you already know the answers. <laughs> the sign is just the validation we need. At the, and at the time I needed it. I just needed validation. So I would say like, if I'm on the right path, like show me, you know, a cardinal or show me an elephant and I would receive those signs. And little by little, as I continue to receive the signs I was asking for, and I see numbers like all the time, like, you know, angel numbers, like double numbers, triple numbers. And I would look up the meanings and they all were like, you're on the right path. You're on the right path or whatever, whatever it said, it made me feel good. And that slowly built my faith into like, this journey is happening for me. So it was around month eight that I flipped my script and I'm like, okay, when I see other women posting that they're expecting, that's a sign from God that like, that's coming from me too. Like you only see things and you're jealous by things when it's something you want and you want it because your soul wants it. And it's yours if you align to it. So I started to really celebrate um, other women instead of being jealous of them for their, their pregnancies and, and their families. And I started believing and really embodying the embodiment is, is the huge piece for me of like, what would it feel like for me to have a baby? Like, what is that going to give me? And every time it was like, it's going to bring me joy. So what did I do? I started living life as if I already had a baby. I started living life in joy. What did I, I started going to dance. I 
was outside in nature all the time. I was doing things that lit me up, that made me feel joy. And little by little, I just like, I don't know. I just felt this, this deep trust that it's like, it's hard to explain. It's like, you have to experience it. But I felt this deep trust, like it's coming for me. Like, I just don't know when, and I'm going to trust that it will be the right time. And I have to tell you, I was with a friend last night and I said to her, I'm like, looking back at my journey of conceiving, it was like, had I conceived when I wanted to, none of the emotional healing that I did would have happened. And I wouldn't be able to be the mom that now I can be for my daughter. And honestly, I wouldn't be thinking or being called to teach other moms how to do that emotional healing so that they can teach their children to be emotionally mature and like emotionally intelligent. So yeah, that's kind of my journey. And I did all this healing work. So at the end of 2021, um, I was in like a really good place. I convinced myself that I was pregnant. I was like, it's happening. Like, I had just finished up like um, my container with my, my coach, Nikki, and I was like, it's going to happen. And then my period was late and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. I'm getting all these signs and not to get all, this is super deep. So I read a book called spirit babies and it was all about connecting with your, your baby. That's not here yet. And I read that in November of 2020. Yeah. The years like blur to me, November, 2020, I read this book called spirit babies, how to communicate with, you know, your baby. And, um, it was December 12th. I remember the day very vividly. I had friends over, we drank some wine. Um, and when I say some, like, I mean a lot. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And we went, I went to bed. It was like midnight. And at that point I wasn't like, I was tipsy. Okay. But not, I wasn't drunk by any means. I woke up at three o'clock in the morning. My heart was pulsating. Um, and I looked at my Fitbit and I'm like, my heart, my pulse is fine. Like what's happening. My body was literally shaking. And I'm like, all right, you're drunk Tara. go to bed. You actually did drink more than you thought. I went back to bed. I closed my eyes and all I saw was purple, like this huge purple circle. And in the middle of the circle, as clear as day, there was this picture of like the female reproductive system. And I was like, oh my gosh, like my baby's literally telling me that she's coming in my body. Like it's happening. And I felt this, this girl presence, like Again, I can't describe it. It's like something you have to feel, but I was like, I have a daughter that's literally saying, hey, I'm here and I'm coming in. So December of 2021, my period was late. So I was convinced. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. This is amazing. Um, I finished up this emotional healing work with my coach and now it's happening. And then I got my period. And that was like a test from the universe. Like, well, are you, are you ready to do this work? Like, are you going to let old stories come up or are you like going to trust and really trust like when you're not getting what you want? 
And so I decided at that time I was experiencing some like pain, which again, I thought I'm pregnant. I have this pain going on. I went to the doctor. I wound up, I had like a bacterial infection that could have, it, it can cause like infertility issues. And I was like, oh my gosh, my baby was literally telling me like, hey, wake up. I can't get in. So I felt very called to really tend to my body and create an environment for my baby to get in because she couldn't. So I did some research on like what I should be doing to like, because I was doing the emotional work. I was doing the mindset work, right? Like I'm, I'm doing the spiritual work. So now it's time to do the body work. And um, I felt called to go to acupuncture. I read some really amazing benefits of it. And um, long story short, I started acupuncture in January of 2021 and, and March, March 7th, we conceived. So um, yeah, it was a beautiful journey. When I was in it, it didn't feel so beautiful. At, at certain points it did. Um, definitely the first eight months were really, really hard. And going back to like where we kind of started this conversation about like people perceiving things differently. If you ask my husband, like he didn't view it as a struggle, which is so, I mean, it's great because obviously he kept me so grounded through it, but it's like when two people are going through a similar thing, right? You think that like they feel the same way, but it's like he, he trusted the entire time. Um, and it just took me a little longer to trust. So yeah, we, um, we found out on March 26th that we were expecting um, our little angel and we didn't know what it was, but again, intuitively, I felt the whole time it was a girl um, and it was, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she came November 7th and um, you know, my prep leading up to conceiving was a journey. <clears throat> Then when I got pregnant, it was a journey of like learning to surrender. <laughs> um, I didn't have the energy to do. Um, there, I was going through a lot of deaths, like identity deaths and um, found my mind like going into the future of like, well, what's going to happen to our marriage and what's going to happen to our finances and what's going to happen to this and what's going to happen to that. And well, you know, I'm, I, I felt like I was going to lose myself. And um, what I've learned, and I'm still learning, is that, you know, with every death is a birth, there is a rebirth. And um, I always have so much resistance around the deaths. <laughs> um, and then I, I'm just so happy when, I, when I'm reborn and um, birthed into somebody new. So yeah, I became a mother in November and um, <laughs> I know. I, yeah. I know. I've been there twice. And so I, I do know, and I think it's important we say that it's like when we, we feel almost guilty for feeling those deaths sometimes, right? Like, yeah. it's like, wow, I've got this great, amazing child who they smile at you and your whole world lights up no matter what else is going on in the world. And yet you're like, wow, I would love a night out or, or I'd love to sleep more than three hours or I'd love to, you know what I mean? And, and you feel bad for yeah. feeling that way. Uh, or I'd love to, as you said about finances, I'd love to go out and buy that. You know, I used to buy like the expensive makeup until I, for, when I had two kids that went back to like, you know, Target makeup and which I use now, which is fine. But I'm saying it's just kind of like you, you decide like what, what you're going to still do compared to what you used to do. 
Um, and, and your life changes in every aspect. And to be honest with you, Tara, I don't know that we're prepared. Nobody prepares us to be a parent. There is no book that you could read. You could read every book on every shelf, but each one of us is so uniquely different. We don't fit into that box. And our feelings are so different from what might be in the book you read. Oh, make sure that you always stay to your identity and make sure just because you're a mom and a wife and whatever else, all the titles you have, don't let those define you. But somehow they always sneak in if we don't, if we don't keep our eye on it. So share with us, what are you doing to try to, and I know, and I love your posts because you'll say, okay, I had all these plans today, but you know what? I just need to cuddle and that's okay. And I love that even when you say that. Listen, to say that I don't get like, stressed or worked up would be a a full lie. I mean, let's be realistic. We're humans. That happens. Um, but having that awareness piece of like literally witnessing myself, like getting into those moments has been like really, really, um, paramount in my, in my experience. So the first thing I'm going to say is motherhood is so paradoxical. Like I want my alone time, but then the minute I'm away from her, I'm like, I miss her. Um, and what I'm realizing is, and this has been showing up a lot for me, is like, your cup can feel so full and yet so empty at the same exact time. Yes. I love and, it. It's so true. Yes. Being a mom was my deepest desire. I am beyond grateful. Um, for the blessing that we were given, um, because I know that that's not the case for everybody. I know that there are women praying for what I have. Um, I was there and it, and it, it hurts. Um, there's no denying that at all. Um, so I'm so grateful for it. And being a mom brings me an abundant amount of joy, but at the same time, my soul wants joy in other ways too, that I'm not allowing myself to, to receive. And, um, motherhood in itself has brought up a lot. Um, it's showing me the areas of my life where I still want that control, um, where I want to protect, like I'm in this, I'm witnessing myself, like wanting to protect my daughter from like every outside (laughs) thing. And it's like, no, I need to allow her to experience life. Um, you know, like going back to that thing, like she doesn't have a story yet. Right now she's pure love. She's pure joy. And like, I don't want her to be taught fear or judgment um, or doubt. Like, I don't want any of that to be instilled in her. But at the same time, it's like, that's the human experience, right? And giving her the tools that she can come home to herself and know to trust her body or trust her vessel will be what she needs. And learning to let go of that has been, um, has been a challenge. Um, and I, as I went off on that tangent, I forgot what your question was to be completely honest. <laughs> no, you can't, you answer, you know, you answered it. Okay. You did. Because I was okay. saying, you know, how are you going about, um, you know, taking care of yourself and doing the things you want to do and and you're and I get I get exactly what you're saying and somebody I was talking to somebody earlier today and I mentioned this to you earlier too um before we went um onto the podcast and it's that 
you're going to all of a sudden be like, I got this. Like you're only five months in and you'll be like, okay, you know what? I, I think I got this. I'm not so worried about everything. I feel a little bit better. It's not so new. But, and then you'll, you'll be good at parenting, you know, as good as you think we could be, right? The younger, younger kids and, and, and as they're growing up and then teenage years happen, right? And I'm in, the, I'm in the momhood of adults and parenting adults is very different than parenting teenagers, parenting a baby, parenting a, a toddler. And we are doing all of the same learning, like you're, and you're honest about it, um, all the same learning. But I think we have to be cognizant. I have to be honest, Tara. I don't think I was sitting there thinking like you back 20 years when my kids are 20 and 23, thinking about what I was missing, what I was, I was feeling guilty and just was dealing with that and not doing anything about it. And I think talking like we are right now is giving other women the opportunity to say, wait a second, okay, I'm not by myself in this. I have to work on me while I'm working on raising a healthy, adapted child to the environment, you know, that they live in. And so I guess, you know, my, my question in all of that is, is there anything that you're doing that's helping you to stay more connected to yourself? Like what keeps bringing you back to you so that you can talk about it? Yeah. So (laughs) Before having a baby, I was like, I'm going to put myself first because that's what I need to do. And my cup needs to be filled so it could overpour onto my daughter. And guess what? Motherhood has humbled me in beautiful, beautiful ways. And like, that's basically impossible, especially when they're a baby, because like all of her needs are dependent on us. Like she can't feed herself. She doesn't know, like, you know, so anyways, long story short, I had this idea for a while that like, in order to take care of myself, it had to look exactly how it looked prior to having her, right? Like waking up in the morning and sitting in this sunroom of mine and meditating and journaling and reading for, and grounding for at least an hour. And then she would wake up and then I would start my day and things would be great. And let's fantasy, right? Like that was my movie in my head, the story I made up. Um, and because I wasn't able to do it that way, there was a moment, there was a period that I was like, okay, well, then I'm not going to be able to take care of myself. And I started to feel like resentful, um, in a way that was like, why can't I have my needs taken care of? Right. And I re- like, I think a lot of us look externally for things, um, instead of looking internally and, um, I woke up one day and I just had a shift again. It's just a change of perspective. You know, if you're looking at something one way and then you flip it over or something, it looks different. Right. And I was like, it doesn't have to be an hour. First off, it doesn't have to be first thing in the morning. In fact, being a mom, you need to be practicing mindfulness every moment of the day, (laughs) Um, not just for an hour. And this goes back to even when I was trying to succeed, like in business and You can wake up every day and do your work, do your affirmations, read, pray, journal, do all the things that, you know, is preached to do, but who are you being for the next 16 hours that you're awake? Like that's you, your life is who you're being. It's a, it's a direct reflection of that. So I realized like, I don't need the hour. I can take moments of my day. And each day looks different. And again, this goes back to what, what am I, your question is, what am I doing? I'm surrendering. 
I'm literally allowing my days to just flow. And when I have time to be with myself, great. There are times again, that in the beginning that I was like, all right, I can only do this work when she's sleeping because when she's up, I need to be completely attentive to her. No, I could be the model. She sits with me in this room. I have her in her swing or on her mat and she's playing. I have meditation music playing. I'm praying. She's Listen, she's not, maybe, maybe she's watching me. Maybe she's not. I don't know. Most of the time my eyes are closed, um, but she's in that presence. And, you know, one of my deepest desires is to teach her how to have those practices for herself. Um, and it may not look the same as what I do, um, but teaching her how to come home to herself. And I will say that as I find that time and make that time, essentially, even if I, if it's in the shower, that I'm just like closing my eyes and breathing, um, it makes a difference. And um, so surrendering and just allowing what is to be. How do they find you, Tara? So um, right now, I mean, I'm, I'm on social media at Tara underscore Palafron. I also have an Instagram for the Beacon Society. Um, Right now, I'm not feeling called to like show up all the time on social media, to be completely honest. <laughs> um, okay. So, you know, uh, the Vegan Society, there's not much being posted right now. Um, there may be once I uh, have clarity around like where I'm going to move forward with helping moms. Um, but yeah, Instagram is like the best place to find me um, or Facebook at Tower, just Tower Polyphrone. So. Yeah. You know what? I, I think like we all, one minute we feel this way. I, and like you said, Beacon Society came out of nowhere. Like change makers came out of nowhere for me. It's, I would have never thought that this would happen. So today you may be thinking this is the path I want, but when something is thrown at you, be open to it. Watch for the signs. I love that. That's kind of something that's standing yeah. out from this podcast today. Yeah. I've learned in my life, especially in the last few years, like it's okay to pivot and change direction. And like what you think that you wanted, it's, it's okay to change your mind and not want that anymore. And um, that's been like my, <laughs> my journey, um, like thinking I want something and then like, nope, actually, I don't want that. I want this instead. And like, just allowing myself to be like, okay, turn, go that way now. <laughs> and um, I just I just wanted to go back real quick, just uh, just to close one of the gaps, which was a multi-level marketing. Are you still doing that at this point? I am. Um, I'm still learning how to get back into that um, in a way that feels really authentic and aligned to me. Um, I was running my business prior to doing all this work. And um, the company that I represent and um, am affiliated with is a company that is aligned to my values. Um, they care about, you know, health. They care about the ingredients that we're putting in and on our skin um, and into our bodies. They, you know, they care about the planet. They're like a B corporation and um, I thrive in community and I really want to help others. So it is all in alignment for me, but how I work my business, um, how I did work my business prior to doing all this work. Um, and I stepped away from my network marketing business while I was doing this work. Um, I still don't have, I don't have the feeling to move forward quite yet. However, I also don't have the feeling to walk away. So I'm at this place right now where I just feel like I'm just waiting 
for that rock to appear. <laughs> um, and then I'll step out onto it and, and figure that out. And I also think that um, tying in like my two businesses together, there is a way to do it. I just don't know how to do that yet. I want to ask you the last question I ask every guest It is, what is the footprint that you're creating now that you want to leave behind? I want to create a world where every single person is living their authentic and living as their authentic self and teaching children who they are, not based on our projections of who we want them to be. And um, I just envision a world where children can feel confident in making their own decisions and understand that like they're going to feel sad and like knowing how to be okay with that and to move through that because emotions right they don't they don't stay they they come and they go and um instead of spiraling and just teaching children to like use their internal guidance system and their own inner compass to allow life to 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 lead them um so yeah, that's the footprint I really want to, to leave. And I feel like I can do that with, you know, teaching parents about their own human design, but then teaching them about their children's human design. Um, a lot of times I think that children, and I see this as a high school teacher, it, it, I've seen it with, you know, my own life. We want to protect our children, right? And, and keep them happy and safe and all these things. And we do that by teaching them what works best for us. But what works best for me is not going to work, is not going to be what works best for her. And I want her to know what works best for her. And the only way to do that is teaching her to trust herself. And um, so, yeah, that's the footprint I want to leave. And I feel really grateful to, um, I feel really grateful that I've been given the gifts I've been given. Um, and I'm looking forward to sh helping other moms and their children understand their own unique gifts so that they can go out and spread those gifts with the world. So that's, that's so beautiful, Tara. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to share before we close? No, I'm just so grateful for this opportunity and for being able to chat. And, you know, as I said earlier, your cup can be so full and yet so empty. And uh, my cup is full right now from just this conversation. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for being honest and for sharing. And I'm, I'm grateful we met. I think it's, you know, we, we meet everyone for a reason. I truly believe that. And um, I hope that you'll come back and give us an update on where your journey is leading. See, this is what's so great is we'll get to kind of watch you blossom into the direction you decide to go in. And, and the, those who are listening will, will be on the journey with you as well. Yeah, we'll see where that journey takes me. Sometimes I'm like, what the heck happened? Like, <laughs> I did a complete 360 now. Um, I'm looking forward to, to sharing that with you. Thank you. Thanks, Tara. Thanks for being a guest. And, and I look forward to seeing all of your updates and chatting with you again soon and getting, getting a, you know, have maybe in another six months, we'll have another podcast together and you'll give us an update or it might be a year when, wherever it may lead. That's the great part about it. Patience. Remember, everybody, a little bit of patience goes a long way. And surrendering. So those are a couple of key words from the podcast today. Yeah.
Well, thank you, Tara, for, for being a guest. And I'm going to say what I always say at the end of every single podcast. Today is the day you cannot go back to yesterday and you do not yet own tomorrow. So what steps, small or large, are you going to take today to get yourself closer to your goals? Again, thank you to Tara and have a great week, everyone. Bye. Thank you. 